Welcome to The Periscope, the show where we take a closer look at crowdfunding projects. Join us as we talk with guests about why you should back their future board games today. Here are your hosts. Voyagers, welcome to the Tabletop Submarine Podcast, a Periscope episode. Thank you for joining us for our short little look into crowdfunding games. Today, we have a special guest because all of our guests are special and everyone says that, but I really mean it. We have Carl Robinson, who is the designer of the newest, one of the newer, there's lots of games coming out this month, I'm sure is all you know, but one of the games that's coming out that caught my eye called Kelp. Carl, welcome to the show. Josh, thank you so much for having me. Really nice to be here. Awesome. I'm glad to have you here too. So, like I said, there's a lot of Kickstarters coming out, kind of the October, November-ish time when people are starting to get their money for Christmas and things like that. You know, typical marketing, capitalism stuff. But (laughs) I was looking at your game, and it has a very unique theme, and that immediately draws me in. One, I want to let you explain a little more. One thing, it's a nature game, but it's a very specific thing that happens in nature, which, you know, nature themes are like, eh, like cascaded for me. It's a nature theme, whoop de doo kind of. But yours is actually something that's happening in nature, which I found extremely intriguing. But if you can go ahead and explain to people listening, what is Kelp? All right. Well, Kelp, as you said, it's a two-player asymmetric game where one player is playing an octopus that is just trying to survive. They just want to get on in their, their happy little <laughs> octopus life. But they're being hunted by a pajama shark and... That's the other player in the game. So one player is playing cards, manipulating these hidden blocks on the board, and one of those blocks represents the octopus. And they're so moving them around, trying to mix them up and stay hidden while this shark is patrolling their territory, going round and round, trying to reveal these blocks, find the octopus, and attack them. And as you said, it's got this kind of interesting theme, and it's, it actually is happening in the world, and uh, the inspiration from the game came from a documentary. Some of the listeners might have heard of it. It's My Octopus Teacher. And in that documentary, oh, okay. yeah, there's this. it captures this incredible moment of, the, of behavior when, in the documentary, this diver is filming the, this octopus, and... One day he goes to film it and it's being, it's clearly being hunted by a pajama shark in a kelp forest off the coast of South Africa. And the octopus is cornered. It's in this sort of exposed zone and the shark is circling it. And it does this incredible thing where it rolls itself up in a ball of shells. Like it sticks shells to its tentacles and makes this ball of armor around it. And the shark's biting at the shells and it's like, really confused because it can smell the octopus, but it doesn't know where it is. And these shells don't taste so good. And then at some point, the octopus lets go of the shells and swims off in the other direction. And the shark's left kind of dumbfounded, like, oh, where'd where'd it go? (laughs) And that sort of moment of inspiration was what became kelp. And and that is pretty much what you're doing in the game. You You have these moments as the octopus where you are uh, tricking the shark and disappearing off into a corner and leaving it uh, stunned or not. Maybe sometimes the shark catches you. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I try not to. Le- I try to leave my thoughts out of most of the Periscope stuff. I will say this: highly thematic. I have. We just we just got off playing it together. Highly thematic game. Like sometimes you go in with games with interesting themes or really cool themes. You're like, oh, 
can't wait to do this. But then you get games that are like, you know, Newsdorf or, you know, it's, it's, it's not thematic <laughs> at all. It's a set of mechanisms. I get Maybe it. Good mechanisms, but like, this is, this is highly, highly thematic. And I want to save some of those, you know, things that may apply to that observation for more of our other pointed questions. So are you ready to go into this? Yeah, let's dive in. Okay. What is your favorite part of kelp? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, uh, I really did make the game for me as a player. Um, I was sort of the target market for this. And um, I, I come off the back. One of my favorite games is Android Netrunner because I love oh, the yeah. kind of I love the tension. If, you, if anybody doesn't know Netrunner, it's a game where it's similar asymmetric game. It's a little bit of Hunter and Hunted where one player has hidden information. The other player is um, is trying to steal that information. And I love in Netrunner that the tense feeling of playing as the person who's under pressure, the corporation. Um, and I, I, I think it's even ramped up even more in Kelp, that kind of heart pounding, back against the wall kind of. Sometimes you you feel like a fugitive. You're sort of on the run. The, the shark is circling round you and round you, knows where you are, or, or at least you feel like they know where you are. And I love that sort of, that emotional experience of playing as the octopus and working out, okay, what are my options here? How do I get out of this situation? And can I, can I trick the shark actually here? Can I bluff or something like that? So it's that combination of power, because I, I know more information than you do, but also being under a lot of pressure. And I think I would say that that's my favorite part of it. So going off of that, what steps did you take in order to ensure this strong theme is shown through with the mechanisms that you implemented into the design? Um, well, early on in the design, I, I knew I wanted the shark to feel like it was moving um, in an interesting way and that it was able to kind of patrol the board. Now, originally, when I first set out to make the game, the, the octopus was playing sort of a deck builder with cards laid out in different parts of the board, and they flip cards over to move other cards. And one of, one of the cards was the octopus, you know, sort of moving that around on the board, but it was a lot of, it was too much memory information. But the, so that ultimately changed into these Stratego-like blocks uh, that the octopus uses. But the shark was, was always from the beginning of the game, uh, placing dice on the board to move, sorry, placing dice on the board to move around, not in a roll and move way, but kind of making networks of dice and using them to move faster and further. And that really clearly, that was a mechanism from, from the early onset that felt right. And uh, the shark had interesting patterns of movements. But I also wanted the shark to be able to kind of search for things and attack and um, sometimes make mistakes as well. Like it might, like in the documentary, it's, it's biting at these shells and um, getting confused. So... I I also made that a part of the dice as well that they can the shark player can roll and place dice for um, revealing the octopus blocks and attacking them. And then on the other side of things, well, I really wanted to make it that the octopus had a way to win just by surviving um, and out outliving the shark in a way. But I I also wanted them to have well an octopus is eating as well like it, it's not just kind of swimming around the kelp doing nothing while this octopus is hunting it it's trying to eat itself so i tried to implement that as a mechanism and that's the second way that the octopus can win in the game 
they can eat these food blocks, um, which they put in play and they play a card to eat a piece of food, but they have to reveal themselves. They have to kind of take a risk, come out of hiding and come over a rock or come out of the kelp to eat a snail or an abalone or something like that. And then if they eat all of the blocks, they win the game. But that kind of is also a thematic drive in the in the octopus's side as well. So I think it was just really important for me that the incentives of the players were clear. The shark wants to find and kill the octopus and eat it. Uh, it's, it's really simple. And the octopus either wants to survive or if it eats all of its food, it can move on to another part of the kelp forest and be rid of the shark for a little while. And so clear incentives were really important and that's what that what that's what drove the rest of the design. What sets Kelp apart from other two-player asymmetric games that you hope the players and gamers will see as they play this? I think a lot of the two-player asymmetric games that I've played are they may not be as deeply asymmetric as Kelp is. It might be that they're you've got slightly different pieces. Um, maybe you're both playing cards. Maybe you're in fact both playing this kind of same kind of cards, but you just the mechanisms you're using on those cards work in slightly different ways. Or there's maybe a difference in in your life uh, capabilities, your attack capabilities, something like that. What's really interesting is Kelp is that you're playing with very different kind of play styles and very different psychologies. The shark, as I said, is is playing sort of a deck building game although it it kind of it doesn't function in a lot of the same ways that most deck builders do it's a little bit slower than that it's more of a hand management game uh, with some deck building elements and then these stratego blocks and like just like stratego it's also kind of not as asymmetric in stratego both players are playing with the same blocks even if the even if they're different um, they have different effects whereas in kelp the octopus is the only one that can see and use those blocks. And then the shark is playing this dice pool building, uh, dice mitigation game with this um, spatial element of moving their shark around the board and placing networks of dice to be able to move around faster and further. And I think that uh, that's what separates it from the two-player asymmetric kind of genre. And I think what separates it uh, from a lot of those similar games, two-player games, is the like, as I said, that psychology of the of the players and the emotional experience. It's a very different emotional experience when you're playing as the octopus than it is a shark. So you can really flip, uh, play a game, flip, and have a completely different experience. Okay. Um, why should backers, why should the gamers back this game? Well, I think this game is, because of the theme, because of the way the mechanisms connect to the theme, it's a game that has a lot of complex strategy and a lot of interesting variance in the strategies. But after the first turn or two, the mechanisms sell those, uh, the, the theme, excuse me, sells those mechanisms and it's really easy to pick up and you can kind of grok the game very quickly into your first game. And, and I've even seen that happen with young players, with non-gamers. If one of the players is a gamer and can uh, learn the rules and, and teach it, then it's a game I think that can be really fun for uh, a gamer and spouse to play, for example, or gamer and child, or gamer and non-gamer. And that alone, I think, is a selling point of the game. Uh, another factor is that it, it, I don't mind saying, looks absolutely gorgeous because it it's, does, yeah. it's covered in this Weberson Santiago art. And for anybody who doesn't know Weberson Santiago, he's done some 
popular games recently, Sale or um, La Familia or uh, Bloody Inn is one of his famous games. Uh, he did a version of Avalon, I think, with uh, gorgeous art. And he's done an absolutely fantastic job here with with artwork that looks both, it's sort of somewhere between playful and realistic and with a little bit of sort of an abstract feel and gorgeous, rich colors. And so the components and the art are absolutely stunning as well. And it's a very tactile game. Uh, the dice placing and rolling and placing dice and moving the shark is quite a tactile experience. Manipulating these blocks and swapping them around the board and shuffling them is also tactile on the octopus side. So not only are you looking at really nice things, they're really nice and, uh, to touch and move as well as you play the game. Who is this game for? Well, as I said, I think it's for gamer plus spouse, gamer plus child, gamer plus non-gamer. I think it's for somebody who's um, got a deep love for nature and uh, wants to experience something, someone who's got an affinity to the sea, an affinity for octopus or sharks. There's some I've discovered in... Uh, That's what attracted me to it, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've discovered in playing this game that there are some people who love actually both octopuses and sharks. There are kind of big fans of both of those animals. They're More cool. More than I was expecting. They are really cool, both of them. Um, and I think it's for players who who love that kind of, uh, yeah, love an, uh, an emotional experience in their game. Don't mind confrontation. I think that's important. It's This is high confrontation, both sides. Um, lots of player interaction. So if you're a kind of player that's, uh, likes your player board and nobody to touch it, then maybe Kelp's not for you. But uh, for anybody else who loves uh, mind games and uh, bluffing on both sides and a lot of kind of uh, well, yeah, trying to trying to outwit and outmaneuver your opponent, I think uh, Kelp could be for you. Yes. And this is your first design, right? Yeah, this is my first published design. Okay, great. I, I got into the hobby in about in 2012, and very quickly started making games. Um, and I made over the years a few kind of few little small games, card games, expansions for my favorite games, tweaked with mechanisms and tweaked okay. around with mechanism stuff. But this is the first one that I've taken all the way to the end and then got signed. Yeah. So you've taken this all the way to the end, your first published design. Just wonder, how does it feel, man? I mean, this is a lot of like we ha- I know we have a lot of designers who are in this journey. You know, I haven't gotten there yet. I know I really, I pretty much haven't gotten there yet. I have one game design that I have out there, thanks to the kindness of um, Bryce from Castillo. But how does it feel, man, to, you know, have kind of gotten there? You've started this journey with this game, and now it's going to be published. Well, what's, what are you feeling? How does it feel? Uh, there are times during the year, because it's been signed now for coming up on a year, there have been times in this past year where I could have burst. I'd been so excited. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, I felt, I felt so fortunate to, to get signed and with such a great publisher, Wonderbow, the, the publisher of Semi. They're a, a really passionate group of people and they've included me a lot in the process as well. So I've had a lot of input and a lot of, um, a lot of insight into the design process and the manufacturing process and things like that. So that's been really exciting. But uh, I can tell you when just receiving artwork, receiving that first, even just a <laughs> even just a mock-up of a card art or something like that, seeing seeing Weberson's kind of mock-ups was so exciting. And now seeing final components come through and reviews. And when it went to Gen Con, it got a lot of buzz and excitement at Gen Con. And just hearing people in the wild playing it 
and seeing them at conventions. I've been to loads of conventions in the past couple of years, play testing it, seeing people and enjoying it there and um, gathering around and cheering for the octopus or something <laughs> like that. Like it's, it's so exciting. And uh, yeah, I think, I think to all the, the other designers out there that are working on it, like I was in your position a year ago. And it was just, that's the difference between us is one year and one moment. And I, 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 I just found the right publisher for me and they found me and you are, you are moments away from that. Sometimes you don't realize it. So keep going and keep working on it because it might just be around that next corner. Great, great words of encouragement and great advice. Is there anything else? We're wrapping up on time here. Is there anything else you want to leave with our Voyagers about either kelp or really anything else? Just some time to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, well, I would say uh, that in the campaign, there are some some really exciting things coming as well that I know that, that Wonderbow have up their sleeve. Uh, they've They've already announced and revealed the blocks have this gorgeous carving on the back of them. They've got this kind of imprint in the back and will be screen printed with a nice green color. So they're like a Mahjong block. For anybody who's imagining this, kind of imagine a Mahjong block, but with kelp engraved in the back and then the, the little octopus and the different icons on the front. And they've uh, got a sculpt, a mini sculpt for the, for the shark. And it kind of hovers above the board on a swirl of water. So it floats. It looks like it's floating and swimming above the blocks and, uh, that's a really exciting thing that I can't wait to see once that's um, once that's manufactured in more copies than just this one that they've got. So, and they, I know they've got more things hidden and uh, up their sleeves for the campaign as that comes up. So, uh, yeah, if, if it sounds like it's a game for you, then I encourage you to check out check out the Kickstarter, or you can already go to kelpgame.com. And there's a learn to play on there. There's a, a one minute overview and there's lots of pictures of the components and uh, loads of information is going to be on there in the run up to the campaign. Um, well, it's going to launch November 7th. So uh, in the meantime, in the run up to that, check out kelpgame.com and there's a sign up for a notification there. And you can actually also um, enter your information to get an exclusive mini expansion um, if you then back the game. So uh, November 7th, hopefully get plenty of people on board. Awesome. So keep make, keep your calendars marked and notify me on Kickstarter, all that great stuff for November 7th, Kelp. Oh, Carl, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. As always, my name is Josh. My name is Carl. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks, Tabletop Submarine. <laughs> Absolutely. It. And this has been the Periscope. Periscope.